You're listening to Parallel Fiction, a podcast that celebrates storytellers across all mediums. Each episode, we weave together two stories within a common theme and analyze their meaning on everyday life. This week's theme is obsessions. I'm Jeff. And I'm Heather. And welcome to the show. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Yes, we, uh, we did the thing that we usually do, and we read and saw our things the day of recording. <laughs> I'm really impressed with myself. I picked out the story and read it within like a day. Yeah, it was like 300 pages, right? <laughs> yeah, like 400. So just want to do a quick shout out. Um, I use this app called Libby, uh, L-I-B-B-Y. Yeah. Um, if you have a library card and your library participates in it, you can read, you could take books out on loan, quote unquote, oh. um, and read it on your phone. Like I read it on the phone. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So, I didn't even know that they did that. <laughs> I'm really excited about it. Um, it's like you can basically get a library book without going to the library. It is hard for me to not read a physical like on pages. copy of a book, yeah. though. Yeah. But yeah, that always like bugged me too. Like when they first came out with ebooks and stuff, your first questions like, "What if you're on the train or something and your battery goes out?" And then yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess you could technically download it. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's um not the same experience at all. Yeah, plus you can't build like a library with them. Yeah, <laughs> like of a big cool study. But it's good in if you're a quick reader like me and you want to. And read some books quickly like I need to do for this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we picked some cool stuff for you today. Um, like I said, the theme is obsessions and I'll be doing the movie Ingrid Goes West. And I'm covering the novel called The Silent Patient. Yeah. And oh, before we get into it, we want to uh, thank you guys, obviously, for coming back. And um, if you like what you hear, you can go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five star review. We're also on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify and Simplecast. And if you want to look for us on social media, you could look for Parallel Fiction on Instagram and Twitter, Parallel Fiction Podcast on Facebook, or give us an old-fashioned <laughs> email, um, parallelfictionpod at gmail.com. Yeah. So you want to do some rocks, paper, scissors and get into it? Let's go. Nice. Right. Rock, rock paper, paper, scissors, scissors shoot. shoot. Why do we literally always do scissors? I don't know. It's, it's like... just a habit. <laughs> yeah. Rock, rock paper, paper, scissors, scissors shoot. shoot. Double scissor again. <laughs> rock, rock, paper, paper scissors, scissors, shoot. shoot. No double rock. We're getting rock, too good at this. Paper, Wait, hold on. Yeah. Rock, rock paper, paper, scissors, scissors shoot. shoot. Okay, you Nip. win. <laughs> Other wins. Uh, I'm going to go first. Okay, great. We'll re- be right back. All right, we're back. I'm going to tell you about the novel called The Silent Patient. Uh, this was written by Alex Michaelides. Came out in 2019. Uh, and I hear there's a movie in the works, possibly. Oh, wow. So hopefully uh, that'll be coming out soon. I do just want to do some trigger warnings before we get into this. Um, some of the topics that happen in this book include suicide, murder, as well as some mental illness. Um, if any of these are triggers to you, I would just proceed with caution when listening to my portion of the episode. Yeah. The story is told from two perspectives. One is from the diary of Alicia Berninson who's a famous artist, and the other is told from a psychotherapist named Theo Faber. We start off with Alicia's, uh, Alicia's perspective. It's spelled like Alicia, yeah. but it's pronounced Alicia. Oh. So that's going to throw me for a loop, like literally this entire thing. <laughs> I have faith in you. <laughs> okay, I got this. Yeah. So it starts with Alicia's perspective, and she talks about how much she's like this. So this is a diary, and she's talking about how much she loves her husband, 
and how he bought her this diary to help her figure out her emotions. Yeah. Um, she promises that she's only going to write normal things. <laughs> I just bought you one of those for like Christmas too. <laughs> Again, did you make me promise to write only no. normal things? <laughs> no. Okay, that's good. Um, <laughs> so we now switch to Theo's perspective. He tells us that six years earlier, when Alicia's perspective was taking place, the diary, Alicia had killed her husband, Gabriel. Oh. She, yes. She was found in her house with a gun, refused to speak to anybody, and she also attempted suicide. Oh. From then on, she's been mute with only communicating um, through a painting. So okay. she, the, her only terms of communicating was a single portrait. It's of herself naked in her studios with the words elicities, elicit. Oh, God. <laughs> this is going to be one of those episodes, huh? <laughs> yeah. Alicestes, I think is what it is. It's Greek. It's um, a Greek tragedy. Okay. Um, and that's right in the bottom corner. So she's convicted of murder and she's sentenced to life in an asylum called The Grove. Theo's obsessed with her and her story and he applies for a job at The Grove with the intention of, intention of becoming her therapist and helping her. That Theo, doesn't seem like it's a good idea. No, probably not. You probably, Some conflicts of interest. Yeah, you probably don't want to take a job like just for a single specific patient. I don't know. It's kind of the, uh, it's similar to my story, but continue. Okay. <laughs> That's so funny. So Theo, it, it always works out that way, doesn't it? Yeah, somehow. I don't know, man. We just pick two random pieces of work and we weave them together. <laughs> You're a piece of work. I am a piece of work. Yeah. So Theo himself grew up with an abusive father and he needed therapy. But he says he was saved from madness by a therapist named Ruth. He thinks he can also save Alicia because he believes he would have gone crazy too if it wasn't for his therapist. Theo ends up getting the job, and on his first day there, he requests to meet with Alicia. So, like, you're getting shown around, and he's like, um, can I meet with this one single patient? Like, that's, that's <laughs> us, but, you know, okay. Yeah. Neither here nor there. He's disappointed with their first meetings, as she's so heavily medicated that she can't function at all. Uh. Looking in her files, he finds out some phone numbers and reaches out to her family, which is a brother-in-law named Max and her aunt Lydia, but both refuse to speak to him. Um, one of the other doctors in the facility named Yuri tells Theo to forget Alicia and to return to his wife, Kathy. Theo then goes to meet his wife, Kathy, at a nearby restaurant. He explains that both of them met while dating other people and then they cheated on their respective partners with each other. And that's how their relationship starts off. <laughs> starts yeah, wow. off strong, man. And he's a doctor? <laughs> yep. Well. And she is a famous actress. <laughs> okay. Yep. Uh, they started dating and were married within a few months. Not weird. Um, Theo sees Kathy as the light in his life and feels that he is blessed with a love that very few of his patients ever experience. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. Okay. Yes. Uh, we're now in Alicia's perspective with the diary. Um, she reveals that her mother committed suicide when she was a child by purposely slamming their car into a wall with Alicia inside. Oh, God. Giving me some defending Jacob vibes. Yeah, I was going to say, that's like the same thing that the mom did in that one. Yeah, which like, I've never really heard of suicide being done that way before. Just like running a car into something? I mean, I, I've heard of that, but like with your child inside is, I mean, I guess yeah. it does happen. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Enough for them to write about it. Yeah. Um, so Alicia wonders if she was the real target. Of her mother's uh, suicide. Mm. 
but she forces herself to stop writing about it because remember, she only wants to write about normal things in her diary. Yeah. At home, she worked on a painting of Jesus on the cross, and then she realizes instead of Jesus, she accidentally painted Gabriel, her husband. Oh. Um, so she asks him to pose for her, and he's very hesitant about it. Um, but he does agree, and she struggles to paint the happiness in his eyes. Now we're back at the Grove. Theo asks for Alicia's medication to be reduced, and his boss, uh, Diomedes, agrees. Alicia's doctor before he came to the Grove, his name's Christian, um, who Theo knew from a previous job, and they didn't get along. So Christian's not happy that Theo talked to Diomedes about Christian's patients, but he does lower the dosage anyway. During their next therapy section, a uh, session between Theo and Alicia, Alicia attacks him. <laughs> oh, but he sees that as a sign of improvement as she's <laughs> actually com- uh, communicating an emotion. Okay. So kind of Michael Myersy, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now we find out that uh, Kathy, Theo's wife is cheating on him. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> Didn't Theo, see that coming. <laughs> yeah, because Theo like loves his wife. Like that's the light of his life. Yeah, kind yeah. Of thing. Um, but didn't you say they both came from like cheater situations? Yep. Mm. So you know, well, you know. <laughs> it's bound to happen. I guess. Yeah. That's why I mentioned that. I was like, yeah, I feel yeah. like I need to mention this part. <laughs> Theo starts to take out his anger that day by asking Alicia if she hated Gabriel the way he sometimes hates his wife. Which makes her storm out of the room with that very unprofessional question. Mm. Theo goes home. He smokes some marijuana to calm his nerves. <laughs> yeah. But he accidentally cuts himself on a broken wine glass. Been there. <laughs> <laughs> In a panicked haze, he wanders around the house. He wanders to the house of his old therapist, Ruth, who welcomes him inside. This lady's like 80 years old and it's 10 o'clock at night. And she's like, dude, what are you doing here? Like, I haven't treated you in years. <laughs> and like, he just goes in, makes himself. He's home. like, yeah, you got any like candy? <laughs> <laughs> so he tells her about um, Kathy cheating on him. And she tells him that he needs to leave Kathy because Kathy is incapable of returning the same amount of love that Theo gives to her. He returns yeah. home and he's like, I'm going to confront Kathy. I'm going to like, you know, yeah. tell her I found out that she's cheating. Find a new show. <laughs> right. But he decides not to after she gets angry at him for finding she found the marijuana. And she's like, Aww. you're smoking marijuana. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, because that was an issue earlier in the relationship. She's like, I don't like stoners. So <laughs> he quit smoking marijuana then. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Later that day uh, or later that week, rather. Theo receives a call from Max. This is the brother-in-law of Alicia. And he uh, goes to visit him at his office. Max reveals how much he loves his brother, Gabriel, and says that he hates Alicia. He, re- he recommends that Theo talks to Jean Felix, who is the manager of Alicia's gallery. And on the way out, Max's wife, Tanya, tells Theo to talk to Alicia's cousin, Paul. Okay. <laughs> we now shift back to Alicia's diary, where we find out that Gabriel... And her had a fight over a gun that he had recently purchased. And she's like, I don't want a gun in the house. And they have this huge <laughs> argument about it. Yeah. Um, it is also revealed in the diary entry that Max, the brother-in-law, has sexually exalted uh, Alicia and even declared his love for her. Oh. Yeah. So that, that was like before she stopped talking? Yes. Uh. This is six years. This is before she murdered him. Like yeah. the diary, like he, he hasn't been murdered yet. Obviously. Oh, gotcha. Duh. 
Um, so, however, Alicia believes that he's truly jealous of Gabriel, not necessarily that he loves her. He's just like wants what Gabriel has, mm. including her. She's too scared to tell Gabriel about the assault. Back at the Grove, Theo learns from Max that Alicia was treated by a private doctor after a suicide attempt. However, Diomedes tells Theo to stop contacting family members as the Grove, the facility, is struggling to stay open. And Max got pissed off by uh, Theo's encounter. And he's a lawyer, so he uh, contacted and was like, yo. Back off. Yeah, why is your <laughs> Alicia's therapist coming to my office? Yeah, that's thing. weird. <laughs> Theo decides to go talk to Alicia's cousin Paul anyway, though. Nice. After getting in trouble with his boss. But Okay. So the two meet up and they talk about Alicia's childhood. And Theo learns that her father, Vernon, committed suicide. Eventually, an angry Lydia, that's the aunt, yeah. sends Theo away. And he also realizes that Alicia and Paul were both abused by Lydia because she's just like super nasty. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay. I know. I'm sorry. This is a lot. Um, <laughs> and it's like a lot of just moving pieces. Yeah. yeah. And the, time, the timelines don't help because Alicia's diary entries are six years prior before Gabriel's murdered. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Right now we're in present time. <laughs> Theo goes to this art gallery. This is Jean Felix, who is Alicia's friend. And he's keeping all of Alicia's paintings in storage. Um, he tells Theo that he loves Alicia and finds her artwork joyous. Theo believes, though, that Jean Felix is more in love with her paintings than with Alicia herself. Her diary entry reveals that Alicia felt the same way and even tried to leave his gallery Huh. When Jean Felix entered her home unannounced, which is like, he's like, we're besties. I could just come in. And she's like, no, you, you can't there's just walk like into no, my house. There's like no boundaries for anybody in her life. No, there really isn't. But anyway. Um, this entry also reveals that Paul, this is the cousin, was in trouble and received money from Alicia a few weeks before the murder. But Paul had lied to Theo because he said he had not seen Alicia for many years prior to oh, the shit. incident. Yeah. <laughs> Guilty. Not putting Paul in a good light for sure. <laughs> Theo then at Jean Felix's request reads the Alicia's. Oh God, here we go with this Greek word again. Alice. So it was pronounced different ways in the YouTube video. I looked at the pronunciation. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's Alicitis. Okay. Anyway, it's a Greek tragedy about a woman named, <laughs> damn it, it's her name. <laughs> you got this. Sound it out. <laughs> Alcistis. Alcistis? Who sacrifices herself for her husband, and she's saved by Hercules. Wow. Yeah, I know Hercules. I can pronounce that. <laughs> so when she returns to life, she's silent, just like Alicia after her husband's, after Gabriel's murder. Theo goes to Diomedes, who says that Alice, the Greek lady, felt betrayed <laughs> as she did not believe her husband would actually sacrifice herself for himself. Because, like, basically, the husband had to die. Uh, and she's like, I'll take his place instead. And she, like, expected him to be like, no, I can't let you die for me. He was just like, but oh, he cool. didn't. He's like, OK, thanks. Bye. Cool. Go hang out with Hades. See ya. I'll plant a nice tree in your honor. <laughs> But she does come back from life and yeah, she's by Hercules. Thanks, Hercules. <laughs> yeah. And she's just like silent for forever then. Oh, I just and picture her at the like the meme of the, like, like the bald guy at the basketball game with his hands on his hips, just like. <laughs> <You> know <laughs> I don't know, know if I know what you mean you're talking about. <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> okay. 
Um, Theo believes that Alicia feels that she has died at some point in her life and that they must bring her back. Yeah. He asks Diomedes if they can let her paint and he and the art therapist agree and they hope that Alicia will communicate through her painting like she did previously. Um, Theo and Yuri, which is one of the other doctors there, introduce Alicia to her own painting space. Within a few days, she paints a picture of the grove on fire and Theo carrying her outside. Oh, okay. I do know the picture you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff just pulled it up. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this is important. She paints a picture of the grove on fire and Theo is carrying her outside. But it's unclear if he's carrying her to or from the flames. Yeah. So she's like pretty observant still, even though she's not talking to anybody. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm sure if you're not talking, you're doing a whole lot of listening. Yeah. Unless you're like Michael Myers. (laughs) Mm, True. But yeah. After this, Alicia's old neighbor named Barbie visits and she tells Theo that Alicia had a stalker, but she never told Gabriel or the police about the stalker. Alicia then stabs another patient. Oh. <laughs> named Elif in the eye with a paintbrush. Ow. Yeah, it's not good. Um, Elif wrote on the painting, Alicia's painting of the grove, she wrote the word slut. What? Yeah, it's not nice. How'd you do that? Not nice. Very provoked. Yeah. Theo goes to meet with uh, Elif, who reveals that she told Alicia that Theo was in love with her. <laughs> so, yeah. Theo then attends a meeting where the managers, Stephanie and Christian, have decided to medicate and isolate Alicia after this this incident. Diomedes tells Theo that his therapy sessions with Alicia are over. But Theo goes to see her anyway to apologize. And she gives him her diary. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. (laughs) Um, In the journal, Alicia reveals that she was being watched. However, everyone she told about him, including Gabriel and also... Dr. West, which at this point we're like, who's Dr. West? Yeah. Um, this is Gabriel's friend who's also a therapist. And Gabriel forced her to talk to him after she became more paranoid. Um, Dr. West even forced Alicia into accepting pills, but she just pretends to take him because she believes the man would attack her, this stalker that's watching her. Yeah. In her very last entry, she writes that the man was inside her house. Oh, and then the diary just ends. Huh. <laughs> dramatic like uh-huh. <laughs> after reading the diary theo realizes that dr west is actually his co-worker christian oh, and he shit. goes to confront him is this when you're reading the book and you were like oh shit it <laughs> may have been later? one of the moments oh, okay no there was definitely like a massive one it's not this one oh, okay <laughs> terrified that theo will tell about his secret meetings with elise yeah because they were unlicensed and it's unethical unethical and he could lose his license He tells Theo about treating her originally. He says that Alicia was delusional, paranoid, and incapable of empathy. However, Theo believes that it's Christian who cannot understand what other people think and decides to ask Alicia himself. He goes to Alicia, gives back the diary, and she seems disappointed when he asks about Christian. Theo decides to look for more answers. (laughs) This dude can't friggin' chill out. (laughs) He just needs to smoke some marijuana and, like, chill. (laughs) Back at his house, he decides it's a great idea to go follow his wife. Oh. Yeah. So she's going on a walk, and he's like, can I come with you? And she's like, nah. <laughs> so once at the park, he's crushed to see his wife with another man. 
And like Kathy and the man go and like have sex in the woods and stuff. And (laughs) Theo decides it's a good idea to like follow and listen. So, you know, (laughs) Theo fantasizes about killing the man, believing that this is what his father would have done. Theo reveals the diary because nobody knew that this diary existed um, to every one of Alicia's friends and families that are involved. Including Max and Jean Felix. Me slapping the table like, what a fucking yeah! <laughs> she trusted you with this diary, dude. And he's like, I'm gonna show it he's to like, everybody. Let me just go talk to all of your friends and family about it yeah. now. But none of them want to talk to her except for Paul. Paul takes Theo to the rooftop of uh, their childhood home, and and this is a place that was like special to Alicia. Like Alicia and Paul used to like hang up on this roof. Yeah. There he reveals that this is where Vernon killed quote unquote Alicia. Oh. So after Alicia's mother died in the car accident, Vernon had demanded to know why she died instead of Alicia. At that moment, Alicia herself said that Vernon just killed her because basically he's like, why did you die instead of my wife? Yeah, yeah. Which is like not a nice thing to say to your kid. No, (laughs) probably not. No, like your kid just lost their mother. Yeah, that's shitty. And now you're blaming it on them. Yeah. They weren't driving the car, dude. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So Theo takes this information back to Alicia and this prompts her to talk for the first time. Nice. (laughs) What did she say? Um, She's kind of like, what? (laughs) I I literally think her first word's like, what? Or something. (laughs) She's like Stone Cold Steve Austin. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, what? Trying to ask all these questions. What? What? (laughs) Uh, After getting her to talk, Theo has permission to continue meeting with her. She tells him about her life, and they eventually share stories from their childhood. After a few days, she tells him about the day the man broke into their home. The man had put a knife to her neck and stole Gabriel's gun. She says that the man tied her up and talked nonstop until Gabriel came home. Then the man knocked Gabriel out, tied him up, and shot him in the head six times before leaving. Oh, wow. However, Alicia's story does not match police evidence. Yeah. And Theo thinks she's lying. Well, yeah, because she just killed that dude or that person with the paintbrush. She didn't kill that person. Oh, I thought she just did. took okay. their eye out. <laughs> They'll live. <laughs> They'll be all right. Yeah. They can live with one eye. Yeah. Uh, Theo then follows Kathy's lover to his house with the intent to kill him. However, when he sees a woman inside, Theo decides he needs to save her and comes up with another plan. <laughs> what? <laughs> There's a lot going on. <laughs> this guy's a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Next day, Theo learns that Alicia has overdosed and is in a coma. Uh. However, Theo finds a prick in her wrist, and he thinks that somebody injected morphine into her. Um. So she didn't actually overdose. Conspiracy. Diomedes tells him to find Alicia's diary as they call the police. When questioned by Chief Inspector Allen, Theo blames Christian because... He was the one in the diary that was yeah. her previous therapist. And I guess Christian was seen on the floor that morning, like by the drugs or something. Uh, at the scene of the crime. Yeah. Theo then returns to the house of Kathy's lover, where it is revealed that every night he has followed her. <laughs> uh, followed Kathy's lover's wife. Oh. Which the reader has been led this whole time to believe that these are on the same nights he visits with Alicia. But here's the plot twist. This is where I gasped. This all actually happened six years ago. Turns out Theo was Alicia's mysterious stalker. Oh, shit. (laughs) 
Yeah, I was quite thrown for a loop, but I love when they do that. Yeah. And it's one of those things that I feel like I should have picked it up sooner. That's one of the things that like still gets me in shows and stuff. Like I'm not going to name anything because there's some good spoilers, but like there's at least two shows in the last couple of years where they're like, oh, wait, it was two different times entirely. And I'm like, right. damn it. I didn't see that coming. And I usually see stuff coming. <laughs> I guess just the way it was written. Yeah. Made you think that it was happening, happening simultaneously. Yeah, yeah. As your brain probably just automatically. Exactly. You know, if they don't tell you, you just. Like assume. you knew the diary was in the past. <laughs> yeah. But just the way that it flowed in Uh, Theo's timeline, you really thought he just found out Kathy had cheated on him, like, as he was treating Alicia. Gotcha. But in reality, that had happened six years prior. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So he really had a motive to to meet with Alicia. Huh. Creep. (laughs) Yeah. Minutes before Alicia passes out from the morphine. Yeah. Because, turns out, Theo tried to kill her with the morphine. Oh, shit. She writes one final diary entry telling the truth. She reveals that she suspected that Theo was the stalker when he first came to the Grove. However, because the stalker was like wearing a mask and stuff when the home invasion happened. However, it wasn't until much later when she purposefully told him the wrong story that she realized without question that he was. Yeah. She allowed him to inject her with morphine because she understands her guilt in Gabriel's murder. However, she forces herself to stay awake to finally reveal what truly happened that night. Yeah. Theo did tie both her and Gabriel up. However, when Alicia begged him to not kill Gabriel, Theo asked Gabriel if she should kill him or Alicia. Alicia. When Gabriel picks himself, Theo fires a shot into the ceiling, pretending to have shot Alicia, telling Alicia to stay quiet after shooting the shot into the ceiling. And that this moment broke Alicia mentally as Gabriel killed her the same way her father Vernon did years ago. Which Theo had no idea about her own struggles with her past and her father killing her, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Theo leaves after this. So really, he doesn't harm anybody. I mean, he ties them up and yeah, shoots into yeah. the ceiling. It terrorizes them. <laughs> and terrorizes yeah. them. Um, but when Theo leaves, Alicia grabs the gun and shoots Gabriel herself. Oh, why? Because basically he was... It's like the Greek story. Yeah, yeah. He picked himself over her. Oh, okay. I thought. Yeah, because okay. Gabriel was like, I, I don't. thought. I thought you said he picked himself as in like to die. No. Oh, gotcha. That was that makes. Oh, sense. sorry. Yeah, yeah I should have <laughs> clarified that. Gabriel picked himself as in as I don't want to die. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Dick. He literally goes like, Theo's counting down with the gun yeah. pointed, and he's like, "I'm gonna count to like ten, and if you don't say anything, I'm shooting you." And Alicia yeah. lives. And before he gets to 10, Gabriel goes, I don't want to die. <laughs> and like hearing this, Alicia was like, and then uh, Theo's like, okay, well then she dies. Yeah. And then he like pretends to shoot her, but really shoots the ceiling and huh. makes her stay quiet. Yeah. So the whole time Gabriel's like, oh my God, Alicia, did you die? Blah, blah, blah. blah. I'm a cheating asshole. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was a big plot twist. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> Didn't see it coming. Yeah, no, I was there. You were like, oh. Yeah. (laughs) Later after Theo's going through um, Alicia's belongings, because at this point she's like permanently in a coma. Yeah. um, We find out he's like saying that he wanted her to see the truth so that she would seek out a better life and says he would have done things differently, though, if he had known about her past, like her being fucked up from her father and having like suicidal tendencies and everything. He says he came to the Grove in part to absolve himself of any guilt, 
But also because he truly wanted to help Alicia come to terms with what happened. <laughs> Fuck this guy. Right? Uh, she's he, like, I'm here because of you. <laughs> he's More happy that he can visit her, though, even though she's in a coma. <laughs> he's upset because he's unable to find the diary, though, because he's like going, through, like tearing up her belongings. Like, I need this diary. Yeah. Um, but he can't find it. As he leaves the Grove, he learns that the Grove is going to shut down and he's offered a position of a director at the next hospital. They're going to create a smaller more cost-effective hospital, um, mm. and they want Theo to lead it. <laughs> okay. Yay. <laughs> yeah, right. Theo happily agrees because he wants to help more people. That's the end? We find out. Okay. <laughs> the last part, we're right there. I was like, really? Yeah, like. Because <laughs> initially, that's where I thought it was going. I was like, yeah. is he really going to get a happy ending? Yeah, right. <sighs> we find out that present-day Theo now lives in his old family home. His father has passed away. Yeah. His mother is in a uh, nursing home and he's now living with Kathy in his childhood home. Still with Kathy? Yep. But Kathy's not doing too good. Kathy's oh. depressed and their marriage has essentially fallen apart. Yeah. So he ends up kind of losing Kathy anyway mm. after all this. He tells the reader that he constantly has pretended with her and she has not recovered from Gabriel's death. She was like truly in love with Gabriel. Yeah. Um. So she never admits her infidelity hmm. and he never says that he knows. So that's just, you know, this nice big secret between them. <laughs> For like decades. <laughs> yep. So then uh, Inspector Allen, he was the cop questioning at the scene. He uh, just randomly shows up in the neighborhood with the diary and he begins to read Alicia's new and final entry. This is where she tells the entire yeah. truth of the story. And Theo just calmly accepts his fate. <laughs> and that's the end. <sighs> yep. This fucking guy. This fucking guy. I know. I know. This sucks. Yeah. Not a great guy. I don't know if I would have read the whole book. Yeah. So the whole time he's like almost an unreliable narrator. Oh, yeah. Because you have no idea. He could tell you whatever you want. And you don't know if Alicia is being reliable in her diary. So the whole time you're like questioning the truth of everything. And you almost think Theo's the reliable one in this. Mm. But he's not. But he's not. But he's not. So, yeah, that's wow. the silent patient. Wow. Very interesting. I yeah. guess we'll talk about it a lot more in analysis. But Absolutely. Um, yeah. Why don't we take a quick break and we'll come right back with Ingrid Goes West. All right. And we're back. And uh, yeah, thanks for sharing that story. That was um, pretty neat. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll talk about it more. But there's um, like a lot of comparisons kind of to my story. Like not Ooh. not like story wise, but like little things back and forth. like. I don't know. We always kind of just luck out. I don't know, man. We just weave together the stories so well. <laughs> it's true. It's just like we said. <laughs> but, um, Parallel fiction. Roll credits. That's it. I was just going to say roll credits. <laughs> okay. I want to hear about uh, yeah. Angry Goes West. So this has been on like our queue for streaming for, I, th- I feel like forever. And I'm like, I, like, this seems like a weird movie that I would want to watch that we just never got around to doing it. And then... And this is like a streak of mine, like I'll favorite something and like go to watch it. And then months later, actually sit down and watch it and it'll be off whatever streaming service. Which is so rude. Yeah. So I did have to rent this on Amazon Prime. But I was like, you know what? I want to watch it and whatever. So, of course, it's like off of Hulu and whatever. But uh, I also picked this movie because it stars Elizabeth Olsen in there, too. And Mm. she's doing a lot of stuff with WandaVision. She's relevant right now. Absolutely. Um, The main star of it, though, is Aubrey Plaza. 
Also in the movie is Wyatt Russell, the son of Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. Oh. He's going to be in the Falcon and Winter Soldier series Ooh. on Disney+. Plus. Ooh, so that's relevant. Yeah. Uh, Pom- I'm going to say her name wrong. Uh, the lady who plays Mantis in Guardians of the Galaxy has like a oh, really? small part. Yeah, Palm Clementief, I think. Um, I just want to go back, circle back to Aubrey Plaza real quick. Yes. Love her. Yeah, <laughs> she's great in this too. And uh, also O'Shea Jackson Jr., who is the son of Ice Cube. Huh. <laughs> wow, what a crew. Yeah, I know. So um, also I'd like to issue a trigger warning with this as well. Um, there's a lot of themes in this movie that, you know, of addiction, phone addiction, and um, suicide, and just, just general mental health issues. If that's any kind of trigger for you, you might want to skip this because um, they really go for it. <laughs> yeah, I feel that way in yeah. my book, too. So, yeah. so um, and I also want to start that this is like a dark comedy. So <laughs> it may not be for everybody, but I'll get into that in my recommendations and stuff. But, uh, so the movie starts out with Ingrid Thorburn, who's Aubrey Plaza, and she's going through her Instagram feed and she's liking a ton of photos of what seems like a fancy, nice wedding. And uh, it seems like she's currently at it because like there's music in the background and whatnot. And uh, it turns out that she's stalking the bride who was uh... who was her friend and didn't invite her to the wedding. So um, with tears in her eyes, she gets out of the room that she is and she marches right up to the bride at the reception oh no and she maces her in the face oh no oh my goodness <laughs> she's like thanks for inviting me to your wedding <laughs> oh no and then she gets tackled by guests and stuff and like it's it sounds funny but like when you think about it i don't know it's just i don't know it's just crazy listen yeah. there was a reason you weren't invited to this wedding exactly so um there's a bit of like quick exposition after this kind of section where Ingrid's doing like a short stay at a mental facility after all these events. And then she's released back to her home where uh, her sick mother had recently died. So she's in this house all by herself. Kind of her dad. I don't think they tell you what happens to her dad, but he's definitely not in the picture. Um, Gotcha. Yeah. So she's shown to be on her phone nonstop from the second she wakes up to the second she falls asleep. So she's not uh, even <laughs> So she's not even putting the phone down to go to the bathroom. She's just constantly swiping down to refresh her feed. She's and like, gotta know everything. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of relatable, you know. Like, oh, for sure. We've all been there, especially you know. <laughs> you were gonna say especially me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny, she'll like be looking at her feed and there'll be like nice food, and then she looks at her food and it's just junky. And it's just to show you That's a real issue. Yeah, it's just to show you how like the grass is greener, I guess, on social media that some people. Um, so she's out at a food store and like a woman from the wedding notices her and is like disgusted that she's there. She's like, oh, my God, look, you'll food never guess shopping? who's at the floor. Um, what? She's food shopping. She's disgusted. She's food yeah. shopping. Like, <laughs> well, girl, she's in a public place. Yeah, but, she, you know, the lady's on the phone like, you'll never guess this bitch oh, is here or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, so um, <laughs> she goes outside and keys this lady's car. Oh. <laughs> God. <laughs> um, and so uh, she's looking through a magazine that I guess she bought at the store and she uh, stumbles across this social media influencer named Taylor Sloan, who's out in L.A. And that's Elizabeth Olsen's character. Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, she's uh, finding this girl Taylor on Instagram and she's just nonstop already like consuming her feed and is just entranced by her life and the aesthetic and stuff. And um, she was looking through her stuff for so long, she finally gets up the courage to comment on something. And she gets a response from Taylor, oh. who's like, 
you'll have to it's like a food place and she's like you'll have to try it next time you're out in la so <laughs> yeah. um ingrid finds out that her mother had a life insurance policy worth over like 60 grand so Damn. ingrid goes to the bank and takes all that money out and then immediately goes to los angeles to try and find this woman taylor and like be her best friend oh i forgot to mention also from the uh, lady at the food store who's like disgusted to see yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. She was on the phone and she said something like um, she, uh, Ingrid was never friends with the bride that she maced. It's just that the bride like mentioned her on Instagram or something and then she began stalking her. Oh, uh, so. <laughs> so they weren't really friends? No. Oh. Yeah. So kind of sad. <laughs> oh, no. Turn of events. So um, as soon as she gets to California, she opens up a new Instagram account and she names it Ingrid Goes West. Roll credits. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she rents a house in Venice from this dude, Dan Pinto, who's um, Ice Cube's son in real life. But he's also an uh, aspiring screenwriter and he's obsessed with Batman. <laughs> <laughs> like he talks about Batman the way I talk about like all comic books in my spare time. So <laughs> I immediately love this guy. <laughs> oh, my God. So Ingrid starts to visit places that Taylor had mentioned and tagged herself on in Instagram. So like, uh, you know, when you geotag yourself at restaurants and stuff, she's like doing the world yeah. tour to like be the places she was. Listen, I feel like I found a lot of good restaurants that way. I know. We'll get to that in analysis because I don't think that in itself is like weird. Yeah. There's people who love the Beatles and they just go to England and they go to all the places right. they played and whatever. So right. I don't think that's super weird. Um. So she uses some money to get a makeover and she's buying all this stuff and uh, she's just trying to get information about this girl Taylor from people who work at these places, which I think that's the weird part. Like she pretends like she was going to meet her at a restaurant and like asks the waiter, you know, what she right. ordered and she's just trying to ooh, get like, that's ooh. yeah, it's just kind of strange. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she eventually does run into Taylor at one of these places. And it's like the worst opportune moment. Like she's not all made up. Like she's dressed kind of slobby and she's like, shit, now I got to go say something. And like, it's, it's going to be weird. So she tries to go say something and it's super awkward and she blows her chance to be her friend. Kind of like, Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah. So right after that, Ingrid follows Taylor back to her house to see where she lives. And she, Ooh, and she kidnaps her dog, Rothko out of, the place not the dog. <laughs> the dog anything but the dog yeah. so she doesn't do anything bad to the dog but she just takes it back home and um just hangs out with it i guess throws it cheetos <laughs> listen you don't take somebody's dog well so she was waiting for taylor to put up lost dog posters which she does and then ingrid returns the dog to try and oh look like a God. hero like oh i found your dog yeah 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 but like that's this, kind of a genius move actually <laughs> you know Probably illegal. But like <laughs> really creepy. So uh the lady Taylor and her husband, um, Ezra are trying to like, oh, like let's pay you. Well, you know, we are you know, we right. want to give you something. And she's like, Oh, I don't need your money. And they're like, Well, why don't you stay for dinner? And Ingrid's like, Yes, <laughs> like on the inside. She's you know? like, I just wanna be friends. She's like, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> be my friend, John Michaels. Mm -hmm. Is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. My best friend, John <laughs> Oh, God. Oops. Oh, hitting mics. <laughs> so uh, Ingrid learns through the dinner that uh, Ezra is like an artist, and um, she buys one of his paintings, which is, it looks like he just takes pictures of stuff and then put hashtags on them. So she buys a painting of like a 
gang of horses. I don't know. What it, <laughs> and it says like hashtag squad goals on it. <laughs> it's like so I kind of want that. I know you got to see it. All the art would be like right up your alley. <laughs> <laughs> Is there one with like dogs and it's like blessed? There might be. I don't know. I got to go back and look. There's definitely one with dogs, I think. I'll we'll have to check. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, so while they're still at the dinner, uh, one of Taylor's friends like backs out of taking her to go to Joshua Tree the next day. Like she's supposed to help mm-hmm. her get like her camper there or something along those lines. And uh, Ingrid um, volunteers herself. And she's like, oh, I'll take you. And they're like, you have a truck? And she's like, uh, no, but my boyfriend Dan does. Talking about her Batman landlord oh who isn't God. her boyfriend. So she's just like lying to be right. liked, I guess. So the next day she convinces Dan to give her the truck, even though they've only known each other for like a week or less. Oh my God. But the way she gets him to give it to her is because he's having like a Batman script read because he's a, you know, like a screenwriter, I guess. And he's trying to get a job writing a Batman movie. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so he needs the car back, you know, before the end of the night. And she has to play Catwoman because like the lady who was playing his Catwoman dropped out. So she's like, <laughs> fine, I'll be Catwoman. Just let me use your truck. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> he's so good in this role. <laughs> like, um, so, yeah. So her and Taylor are driving to uh, Joshua Tree and like the car is just making all these noises and she's trying to pretend like oh this is my boyfriend's you know uh-huh. it always makes that noise yeah yeah so they um uh, Taylor opens the glove box to like look for a manual or something and there's like a gun and a bunch of drugs in there. <laughs> <laughs> and she's trying to explain away like the gun and the drugs and uh just the whole movie is Ingrid trying to think on her toes and explain right. why Improvise. to make her like a good person yeah so they pull over and they get help and uh, they take a picture together. Like the guy who helped them fix their truck takes a picture of them and Taylor posts it on her Instagram and tags Ingrid in it. And that was like the best day of Ingrid's life at this point. Yeah. So she's like, oh, she like prints out the picture, <laughs> oh, <laughs> like no. frames it. So anyway, they're back on the road and they decide to um, do the drugs and go out and party. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, that was a big leap. Yeah, I know. So um Obviously, they're staying out too late, so poor Dan doesn't oh, have no. his... Oh, no, he needed Catwoman. Yeah, or his car. Oh, <laughs> so no. on the way home, they're having, like, a sing-along, and they're becoming, like, close, like, gal pals and stuff, and uh, Ingrid's, like, looking at her and, like, idolizing her, you know? Yeah. And uh, loses control of the car and skids off into, like, one of those metal, like, barriers. Oh, no. <laughs> and uh, so they have, like, kind of a heart attack, but, um, you know... <laughs> nobody's hurt it's just like a funny moment i guess oh like a my dark god moment. just crashing cars yeah so the next day ingrid returns the truck and uh dan who's like out with the cops in the front like trying to file a report on her <laughs> and uh because she stole his truck she's supposed to be back yeah and uh so he's like oh you know i was worried about you but now i need i didn't know i had to be worried about the truck and like <laughs> she's like sorry we did all the drugs that you were in your glove box and the cops are still there and he's like no <laughs> <laughs> So he's good. They don't arrest him or anything. But uh, so anyway, Ingrid and Taylor's relationship continues to grow as they're, you know, regularly hanging out at galleries and restaurants and shops. And like Taylor's convincing Ingrid to buy stuff that she can't afford, like lamps that are, oh, she can't afford them. It's just she probably shouldn't be spending. Right, them. right. Like she would have bought anything that Taylor told her to buy because she just idolizes her, you know? Yeah. Meanwhile, she just has this backpack full of like cash from... <laughs> Like, that's how she keeps her money. She's just obsessed. Like, the 60 grand. Oh, my. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, right. They, she yeah. has her life, ins- the mom's life insurance. Yeah, exactly. 
So after a while, Ingrid um, goes over to Taylor and Azar's house, and uh, she unexpectedly meets Taylor's brother, Nikki, who flew in from China, and he's a recovering drug addict who's like a mega douchebag to Ingrid. Like, she tries to say hello, and he, like, karate chops at her. <laughs> like What? It was like the scene from Walk Hard where he's like, look out, man. It's <laughs> just like a fucking that's not how you meet somebody you're not like yeah and he like calls her yeah and he like calls her olga because he won't call her by her real name and he's like immediately suspicious of her kind of Mm. yeah so but nobody likes him like he's or besides taylor so it's like competition you know like the new dog is in town no yeah old dog you know (laughs) i know how that goes competing for uh like a friend yeah exactly so um Taylor kind of ditches on plans with Ingrid to go hang out with Nikki, which is another huge blow to Ingrid's self-esteem. And you could tell she's kind of doing like the Eric Cartman, like mental revenge. Oh, <laughs> like, no. Make you eat your parents kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Ingrid catches Taylor that like the thing that she um, ditched her for. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's trying to like, you know, hang out with them again but the vip guy comes and is like oh you're not on the list ingrid like you gotta go and it's just like really humiliating because now like she just got like i said humiliated in front of like taylor and ezra and nikki and his girlfriend who's the girl from guardians of the galaxy oh nice (laughs) and uh so that lady in the movie her name's charlie but her um her character or no harley sorry name's harley harley charlie exactly and she's like a big fashion designer and that's why taylor blew off ingrid because she wants to go hang with this other girl so it's like a weird hierarchy where like ingrid's a loser and wants to hang out with taylor and taylor wants to hang out with this girl harley and like Mm. there's always somebody you know you're chasing and somebody who's chasing you right right i don't know no i i I get what you're saying (laughs) yeah so they felt so bad that they invited um ingrid and dan who's supposed to be her fake boyfriend to like a weekend getaway at a house that they all rented so um ingrid apologizes to dan for damaging his truck and promises to take him out for dinner and so they go out for dinner and later you know they're bonding over their parents because it turns out dan's parents died too when he was young in a car accident so that's why he Mm. likes batman so much because he's an orphan and that like helped pull him through like these bad times and stuff he's like a real nice guy i was gonna say it (laughs) It sounds like dan's a good guy yeah he gets used so bad um so they hook up later that night and they begin a relationship um but it looks like ingrid's still just like using him to get him to go to this house like with sex Mm. (laughs) so for a second you thought she was like she cared, I guess. Maybe like found like a connection. It yeah, was like exactly. turning over a new leaf or something. Yep, exactly. So she invites Dan to the party at this girl Harley's house. And, um, you know, she's like, tell everybody you're my boyfriend. And he's like, OK, that's fine. Like because he really likes her. You get the impression. Uh... So once there, Ingrid's super jealous of Taylor and Harley's friendship and is like just awkward. You know, when you're like hanging out with friends and like you don't feel welcome i guess like new friends or something like that i don't know i think we've all felt that way before in yeah. some way or another even if it's not real you're just like okay sometimes things get put in your head and you're like yeah feel like alone in a crowded room kind of exactly. thing exactly so that's kind of what she's doing because even like dan is well loved by everybody like immediately yeah because he's, he's a cool guy yeah and like he gets really chummy with nikki who everybody's like oh he's a dick you wouldn't be friends with him but like they're throwing away frisbees and I don't know. They're they're hitting it off. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So Ingrid catches Ezra later and he's like hitting by the pool and he like seems really down the dumps and stuff. And she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I was 
you know, skinny dipping. And she's like, by yourself? And he's like, yeah. And he's wasted. And he's telling her that, like, um, Taylor was totally different before they moved here. And she was like this preppy girl. And like, Hollywood changed her and all this stuff. And he's like really bummed because he didn't want to be an artist like that. Like, he didn't want to quit his job. And she made him quit his job. And he's just like bummed and like being real. Yeah. But. Ingrid uses this as an opportunity to tell Ezra that Taylor had said that she wants to buy the house next door to her current house and turn it into a, um, like a boutique B&B like hotel. Did she really want to do that? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, she, she told Ingrid in confidence earlier in the movie. Right. And, uh, so Ezra isn't selling paintings at all. And, um, like they're, they're not as well off as I guess they want to think. Uh, so she was telling Ezra in order to piss him off to like piss off Taylor. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that's a big point. Cause like the house next door is empty. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You could see where this is going. Yes. <laughs> so later that night at the bonfire, um, Nikki steals Ingrid's phone and finds incriminating photographs and, you know, all of the evidence of her obsession with Taylor. Oh no. So Nikki is like, I'm going to like go away from my sister, blah, blah, blah. And Ingrid like totally got found out by this guy who's like a huge asshole. Yeah. So he's like, I'll rent your phone back to you for $5,000 a month. Like you have to pay me once a month, $5,000. And I I won't tell Taylor about any of this. So like every month. Yeah. She has to get $5,000 in order for the secret to not get told. Yeah. Okay. That's some blackmail. (laughs) This guy's a dick. Yeah. (laughs) Like I hated him in real life, like the actor, but he's probably not. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, what an asshole. Um, so in retaliation, Ingrid goes to like a playground at night and like tries to pay for somebody to punch her in the face. So she eventually finds a kid that'll like punch her in the face for $200. So she's got a big black eye now. And she goes immediately to Dan and tells him that Nikki punched her in the eye. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. And convinces him to kidnap and terrorize this guy, Nikki, to keep him quiet. So, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, because he's like in love with Ingrid. Right, he's like, right. So he'll do anything this for her. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, this isn't what Batman would do. <laughs> Something like that. And she's like, yes, it is. <laughs> he honestly has like the best lines in the movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> he sounds like he's like the comedic relief. Yeah, he is. So they're like waiting for to like abduct this dude, Nikki, and they're both sitting in this truck with like ski masks. <laughs> and Dan's like, Tupac said there'd be days like this. <laughs> It's like one of the best lines of the movie. But why uh, did you let me sip wine before you said that? I almost spit I that know. out. I'm gonna start using that. But uh, <laughs> so they eventually get Nikki and they bring him out in the desert to just scare him. But he immediately figures out it's Dan and Ingrid because like who else would want to kidnap him? Yeah, and it's a guy and a girl, you know. And they uh, put a bag over his head, but he could still see through it. And uh, it's just like buffoonery. It's not, you know. Yeah, it's like. Uh, an abduction gone wrong yeah so they he he like breaks free from them and he's like trying to like kick you know dan's ass i guess with his karate yeah and he gets a hand of the gun you know but it turns out it's just a paintball gun so he like shoots dan and he's like you were gonna shoot me (laughs) it's like a paintball (laughs) gun but uh it puts him in the hospital though so that sucks um and uh while nikki's on top of dan like kicking his ass Mm -hmm. ingrid grabs a crowbar and like hits nikki over the head with it oh no and like leaves him for dead in the desert <laughs> they, they that's put, not what you do they put dan in the or she puts dan in the truck and they like drive off to the hospital and she like drops him off the hospital and just leaves nikki out there <laughs> oh yeah so um 
the next day, Ingrid sees on Instagram that Taylor and Ezra went back to Joshua Tree. So Ingrid decides to drive there and surprise them and hang out, you know. Yeah. But nobody's there. It's like empty. So she's like, that's weird. It says on Instagram. So he calls or she calls Taylor. But Ezra answers the phone and tells Ingrid that Nikki survived and told them all of what happened. And that Taylor doesn't want to hear from Ingrid again. And that she would have been arrested if Nikki hadn't been blackmailing her already. So, they, yeah, everybody knows. <laughs> so, desperate to uh, keep any kind of connection, Ingrid moves into the small house door, uh, small house next door to Taylor. Like, she brings all of her money to a realtor and, like, just gives her all the rest of the money to buy this house. Uh, I guess just a down payment because you can't buy a house for, like, 50 grand no, in L.A. Especially in L.A., <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, so she's living in this house like with binoculars just spying on him, which is weird. And, like Ew. she's not paying any bills, so there's just ants everywhere and just like filth and whatever. And so her power goes out and her phone dies and it's like the end of the world for her because she lives on the phone. Yeah. So she's looking through binoculars and um, Ezra and Taylor are having a Halloween party. So she throws on a sheet and she's like a ghost and she's like, I'm just going to go and charge my phone. Yep, kitty jingle jangle. Jingle jangle. And uh so she goes there just to charge her phone and like her sheet gets messed up and everybody sees that it's her there. <laughs> oh my God. And, uh, does, uh, Taylor know that they, she lives next door now? I don't think they know. Cause how like, do you not know? I don't know. Like, <laughs> how do they know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so Ingrid like kind of begs for a five minute, you know, sidebar with Taylor to explain. Cause like, like get the fuck yeah, out. She's like never told her side. Blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, to Ingrid's surprise, Taylor agrees. She's like, all right, let's 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 hash this out. Not, you know, fix anything, but at least say your mm-hmm. case. And uh, so Ingrid tells her about how Ezra hates her for, like, changing his life and making him quit his job and, like, do this art that he doesn't really like. And uh, how Nikki's a drug addict and nobody holds him accountable for anything and that kind of stuff. And that Taylor is just fake. And she's just like Ingrid was when she got to L.A. kind of thing. Gotcha. And Taylor responds that because of, you know, this charade, like the two were never truly friends and then suggests Ingrid needs professional help. Sounds like it. Yeah. She already got help, though. Maybe not a lot, but (laughs) Um, (laughs) it's a struggle every day. (laughs) So after the fight, Ingrid goes back to the house and uh, she surrounds herself by candles and records a video for her Instagram followers. Because like since she's been hanging out with Taylor, she's like kind of becoming like a mini influencer. Right, right. And uh, she confesses everything that she did and all the things that like happen. And then she takes all of her pills and like attempts suicide. Oh, no. Yeah. So Ingrid survives because Dan was watching her video from his hospital bed and called the ambulance to come and save her. Oh, good guy, Dan. Yeah. So she wakes in the hospital and she's surrounded by all these balloons and flowers and all this stuff. And Dan rolls in and tells her that uh, she went viral, like her video was seen by everybody. And these are all flowers and balloons and stuff for her because she like touched all these people and that she has her own hashtag now. And it's I am Ingrid. And it's for people who are like struggling with, you know, like depression and suicide and that kind of stuff. But um, the last scene in the movie is her like begging for her phone back again. And it's her like scrolling through her phone and like being happy that all these people are like reaching out to her. Oh, boy. So, yeah, I don't know if. Is it a happy ending? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's the movie. That's wow. how it ends. Yeah. I got to watch this. Yeah, yeah. It was, um, it was pretty good, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> you want to take a quick break and we'll do some analysis? Yeah, sounds good. Okay, we're back. 
Uh, so I find it really funny that our stories have a lot of similarities. Yeah, I know. It's I like, guess it comes with the theme, but yeah, I mean, it's the point of the show. But <laughs> I know, I get it. But, but it like, works better than we think it does, because <laughs> like we both blind pick these things. Right. So. We neither of us knew anything about these yeah, exactly. stories before reading them literally today, and. <laughs> It's funny because I think this might be the first episode where neither knew the, the yeah, other that's story. True. Like I, yeah, yeah, I think this might have been the first episode because usually, like, I'll know yours and yeah, maybe you'll like, know mine. Exactly, yeah. But this was like the first episode where we literally knew nothing about each other's <laughs> picks. It worked out. Yeah. So. so I mean, with obsession comes like some sort of like admiration, I guess. Yeah, I think that's like the innocent beginning of any kind of obsession because. You know, we all have somebody we follow on Instagram or wherever that we think is pretty cool. <laughs> right. Like you have to have some sort of respect for the obsession, quote unquote, you <laughs> yeah. know, I, I don't know. In my story, though, like, I don't know if I would call it admiration as much. Like, yeah, I mean, Theo admires his wife, I would say, like, it almost turns out like you think the whole time Theo's obsessed with Alicia. Yeah. But really, I think the true obsession is Theo wanting to keep his wife. Yeah. And the same thing goes for Alicia. Like, Alicia has this obsess- obsession with her husband. Yeah, except he, like, dipped out on her. <laughs> well, he got murdered, but... <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, before dipped that, out he, like, on her. emotionally dipped out on her <laughs> with that question. <laughs> so, like, I think there's something between Theo and Alicia admiring their spouses and wanting to do anything for their spouses yeah there's a bit of jealousy too with your guy like theo you know yeah obviously with the cheating probably didn't rub him the right way <laughs> and he almost admires alicia in a way because he wants to protect her from yeah. what he's going through and he's uh, giving her like a choice to like now she knows he's unfaithful like what yeah. are you going to do about it yeah i think in my story ingrid too like there's something that makes her shoot right past admiration and into like the obsession kind of, especially mm-hmm. when Taylor comments on Instagram or like replies to her comment on Instagram in the beginning. And she's like, Oh shit. <laughs> and I think with both of our main characters, there's like mental illness yeah, that is causing this obsession where I feel like people without mental illness would just leave it at admiration. You know what I mean? Yeah. Call it a day. But then I think in terms of Ingrid and Theo and Alicia, for that matter, their mental illness is what takes the admiration even further. Yeah, exactly. Because like everybody's I mean, not everybody, but like you've been retweeted or answered by like a celebrity or somebody in a higher standing, you know, but it doesn't <laughs> make you want to fly out and be their best friend, you know? Right. I mean. You can like fantasize about it, I guess. But yeah, and I think in Ingrid's case, she's just very lonely, especially with the passing of her mother. Mm-hmm. Like she mentioned something in the movie about how she just wants somebody to like, you know, share with, like share right. stuff with, and she just doesn't have anybody to share anything with. You know, I mean, I you can't blame them for that. Yeah, and I exactly. think a lot of times the trauma from our parents either passing or whatnot. Mm. I mean, that was a huge issue with mine. Is Theo and Alicia both had traumatic childhoods with yeah. like abusive fathers. Mm. So, yeah, and I mean, it, it, I think at this point, 
I don't know about you, but there was no healthy fandom. No. <laughs> there was no healthiness in either of these relationships. Dude, I like comic books and professional wrestling. Those are like two of the most toxic fandoms. <laughs> Dude, the wrestling fandom is unreal. Yeah, kind of, I don't know. Uh, whatever. I try to stay out of a lot of stuff. I, yeah. I, I enjoy the way I like to enjoy. Like, I don't go crazy with stuff. I would appreciate it if people didn't spoil things. <laughs> <laughs> A little more. That's like my main gripe with like fandoms is that just people can't chill. But uh, I think it's okay to try things and, you know, do stuff that someone you look up to does like try food. Like you said, like there's a lot of recipes that we've tried or restaurants or places that you take suggestions. That's like the whole influencer marketing. And it's like only getting more, you know, intense. Like I think that's healthy. Like, yeah, to an extent, like you said, yeah, to an extent, like if you see somebody try out a new product and it's maybe yeah. something that you might need in your life. And you're like, Oh wow, maybe I should give that a try. But the problem is too, is when like they kind of get tainted, like somebody you trust gets a buttload of money to sell something that's going to make your hair fall out. Like or, MLAs. Or yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you got to watch out and it's like, and then you just have this tell. like girl from high school you haven't heard from in years yeah. and they're like, Hey girl. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's like, um, it's all fake. And like even mm-hmm. Ingrid at some point realizes that Taylor is just fake. Like it's all curated. Like yeah. um, there was like a book that Taylor likes that Ingrid read to like impress her. And then she finds out later in the movie that like Taylor never read the book, you know? Right. So, right. Like, <laughs> Dude, that's wild. I mean, what people are whenever. Yeah. <laughs> Social media is a scam. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> what was but, that movie, that documentary we watched on Netflix? Oh, yeah. The social dilemma yeah yeah that, that like, was terrifying <laughs> yeah, i know if you haven't watched that um this is more of like a documentary yeah. uh highly recommend it it's yeah. terrifying but i think uh as far as healthy fandom i think if you're enjoying something your own way like how dan likes batman like that's totally fine that's healthy because <laughs> yeah. he's got like his license plate as batman like his <laughs> it's not like he's chasing after christian bale trying to like no he's just writing scripts and like whatever BFFs with christian bale <laughs> yeah yeah he's not harming anybody yeah, exactly i think it comes down to like harming somebody yeah <laughs> and so even if you're not physically harming them like the yeah. way that our characters go about their obsession is yeah. almost mentally mentally harming mentally harming mentally like on themselves too yeah they're their first victims you know i mean theo literally got a new job first of all (laughs) when he was leaving his current job to go to the grove yeah a co-worker of his at his prior job was like why are you going to like the grove it's a sinking ship like that place (laughs) is gonna go out of business this year like why why are you going there and he's like i just want to help people no dude you have a sick obsession you just need to talk to alicia and he uses words like fantasy and desire and seduction in terms of alicia yeah and like those have such a sexual connotation to them i feel right like. like And I think that's what I thought at first. Yeah. Too. I was like, this guy seems like a weird diddler. I don't know. Like, I don't. This might be a broad statement, but I don't know if those words are OK in a non-consenting relationship. Yeah. To talk about, like, seducing somebody. Yeah. That's like, it's like, what are you drinking? Not not a partner. Yeah. Like, it's not consensual. I feel like it's very it makes my skin crawl a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, which speaking of, I want to just read a quick little passage from the book relating to this. Sure. Um, so Diomedes is the uh, boss, and this is what he's saying. Yeah. Diomedes gave me a strange smile. Call it my intuition. 
Years of professional experience with fantasists. I try to interrupt, but he forestalled me with a wave of his hand. <laughs> of course, I don't expect you to dis- to agree. Theo, you're in deep with Alicia, and your feelings are bound up with hers like a tangled ball of wool. That is the purpose of a supervision like this, to help you unpick the strands of wool, to see what is yours and what is hers. And once you gain some distance and clarity, I suspect you will feel rather differently about your experience with Alicia Burnson. I'm not sure what you mean. Well, to be blunt, I fear she has been performing for you, manipulating you. And it's a performance that I believe has been tailored specifically to appeal to your chivalric and let's say romantic instincts. It was obvious to me from the start that you intended to rescue her. I'm quite sure it was obvious to Alicia too. Hence her seduction of you. So like these words of like seduction are getting passed around and it's like, I don't know, it's just very uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. Like there's a whole Hippocratic oath too, right? Like you can't like (laughs) harm or maybe seduce your patients. I don't know. And his relationship with her is very unprofessional. Yeah. Like he murdered her husband. (laughs) Yikes. Yeah. That, but also he mirrors a lot of his own emotions onto her. Yeah. And like, it's like, yeah, it's like a weird comparison thing that like people do with like what they're obsessed with. They, you know, they pry like their emotions onto something and like try mm-hmm. and it's like a weird and try to like, I don't know. They like try to manipulate the situation into like, oh, dude, yeah. their fantasy. Yeah. I mean, Ingrid, 100 percent. Like she's out here buying lamps for, like I said, like twelve hundred dollars to like make Taylor happy. And she's lying about all this stuff with Dan just to get his truck and like sleeping with him, like keep everybody in on this charade, you know, like she's doing what she needs to, to Mm -hmm. like have it fit into what she wants. Yeah. I don't know, man. It just, I don't know. There's always somebody in life that's like doing better and worse than you're doing. So it's like like, comparing, you're like constantly like comparing yourself to somebody else. But like people never compare themselves to people who are doing worse than them. It's always, you know, nobody ever sits back and says like, I'm doing great compared to like. (laughs) Well, that's the danger of social media too, is people only put their highlights on social media. You're not going to sit there and mm -hmm. be like, well. Everybody does it. Like, I'm not going to put a picture up that like, I'm like double chinned up. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) You only want to put your good stuff on there. Like, you know, a bag of Doritos under one arm and like, (laughs) like sitting on the couch all gross. Like nobody does that. And like people forget too. like, you got to remind people sometimes like I have, you know, you you have like some relatives and stuff that are looking and like, well, look at how good these people are doing. And we haven't seen them in years. They're probably great. And it's like, well, you don't know that for sure. Like, (laughs) right. I I know there's some quote and I don't remember who quoted it, but it's like never compare your ordinary life to somebody else's highlights. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think once you get older like when i was younger on social media like yeah. especially think about how facebook was when it, <laughs> facebook first started yeah and it was like the statuses were like the top eight <laughs> heather it, oh that was myspace oh, that's God. a whole different I thought world that's what you said oh, I'm no so old. Okay. i'm thinking of facebook and the original statuses where it was like yeah. heather is Eating and you had to like talk in third person about yourself <laughs> yeah. and you're like heather is eating a sandwich or Dude. heather is waiting for a phone call like oh my god like i see all these things on like the you know internet (laughs) the internet i guess the internet yeah no it's like all like gen z like making fun of millennials and stuff (laughs) and they have no idea we went on facebook and it was like 
Jeff Blah is feeling sad. Like, you know, you would like fish for people to be like pissed. And then someone would be like, why are you pissed? And you'd be like, (laughs) no reason. You're in. Yeah. Let's fucking go. You'd be like, no reason. Or you'd be like, what? Text me off of Facebook. Yeah. 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 There's so much, like, so passive aggressive. Like, like, uh, um, Oh man, do you remember like the lists or whatever? It'd be like fill out like the um like the su- the surveys. Surveys, that was dude. It. Yeah, yeah. I live for surveys. <laughs> like, live. Yeah. I'm like, let me, you know, just confide all my what, feelings every in these survey, surveys you, on the internet. Every survey oh my God, question. Do they exist I don't know. Every survey question one was like, "Are you happy?" And everybody was like, "No." <laughs> no. <laughs> No matter what, but that's the thing. That's the thing with the internet. Like you don't know. We were a different breed back in twenty. You have no idea what's going on with. Somebody. I was gonna say twenty ten, but honestly, it was even yeah. earlier. It was more like two thousand and six, oh, two thousand seven. What I love, different is, world. Yeah. What I love is like when older people get on the internet and like they believe everything, and you're like, uh, you're like, dude, you told us to not get like. They're like, don't the believe internet. what you see on the internet, and then they believe everything. And then they believe what <laughs> they see on the, on the internet. internet. I'm yeah. like, did you research that? And they're like, well, Facebook says, and I was like, Facebook is not a legitimate uh, yeah. source. Like, hold oh up. Yep. Um, but no, I was thinking before, like Gen Z is like all worried about like the side part situation <laughs> and like our skinny jeans, which like screw you. I'm wearing skinny jeans for the rest of forever. Um, I have like chicken but, like, legs. So in skinny reality, jeans are like my normal jeans. But <laughs> in reality, they really should be making fun of us for like the album I have on Facebook still entitled me and it has all these selfies that I took of myself, which weren't even called selfies when I took them. Yeah. Uh, It's unfortunate. Or the albums where it's like so-and-so's birthday party album number one. So-and-so's birthday party album number two. And it's literally, I really should take these off the internet. But like, you know, that's, that's the self-esteem building things that we Mm -hmm. did back then. And like, a lot of obsessions come from a lack of that self-esteem, I feel like, and not in like a negative way, because I love bands that like I idolize guitar players and all kinds of stuff. And I'd be like, man, I'll never be as cool as them. But like, I'd love to have a beer with them in like mm-hmm. a perfect world. But uh, it's one of the things where it's like, man, wouldn't it be cool to hang out with these people and be best friends with them? And you have to stop and say, like, why wouldn't it be cool for people to hang out with you? Like your friends and mm. whatever, like people are just people. It's just some of them are famous for stuff right. but they're just people i mean you know and i think sometimes they have a hard time too yeah like i mean look at britney spears i was just thinking that too like you can't but like if you hung out with britney spears she's probably like nice you know i've heard britney spears is like one of the nicest celebrities yeah, yeah. but people like they just want to root for something like that so that right. there's that greener fence it's just the level of how you gauge what you do about it. It's like the Britney Spears song's lucky. Yeah. She's so lucky. <laughs> She's a star. Now. Oh no, don't say that. <laughs> but yeah, in my story, Theo and Alicia, I mean, they're intertwined by like yeah. all these similar circumstances. Like they have the abusive fathers, the tough childhoods, yeah. cheating spouses. And obviously their spouses are cheating with each other. But I mean, Alicia doesn't even realize that. Yeah. Um, and they experience the same loss in the sense when they realize that they love their spouse more than the, their spouse loves them. Yeah. Because they would pick their spouse no matter what. Mm. And their spouse will always pick themselves. Yeah. And I mean, Ruth, uh, Theo's therapist, literally was like, listen, 
she's cheating on you. Like you love her more than she will ever love you. You need to get out of it. And he was like, no, hold up. Let me just like go stalk this woman instead. And then like, you know, antagonize my wife's lover. He's like, I got to work this out my way. It's like, I don't think you do. Should have just walked away, dude. Yeah. Cause he went too far. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta watch out for that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess the only thing you could do is gird your self esteem, you know, and watch out for manipulation wherever you can. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, and at the end of the day, I mean, my characters find some sort of peace in a yeah. way. Like after this tragedy, like Alicia like accepts kind of the morphine and like accepts death because like She's finally told her story at this point and like there's not going to be a happy ending for her, you know? Yeah. Same with Ingrid. Like, yeah, she is alive, but like she went viral and like that's dangerous to have that much Mm -hmm. attention, I guess, out of nowhere too. Because like she's never had that much attention ever. So now that she has it. Now she's going to like have to uphold that all the time. I know. Poor Dan. (laughs) Poor Dan. What did Dan get himself into? I hope his Batman script takes off. Yeah, right. (laughs) I don't know. And then Theo at the end, like, seems happy in some way, too, because, like, as the policeman is, like, reading the diary of basically, like, you know, accusing him of murder, like, mm. he's murdering Alicia. Mm. Um, He's just like he opens up a window and it's snowing and he's just like catching snowflakes in his hand. And he's like, "Okay, (laughs) like, dude, what? Yeah, I don't know, man. I guess, like, it's finally over. Maybe that's yeah, some kind I, of piece in that. I guess that's what it is, you mm. know. It, mm. It's not tied up neatly with a bow, but sessions, bro. Yeah, they never are. <laughs> so yeah, why don't we take a quick sec and we'll come back with recommendations and ratings. Sounds good. All right, we'll be right back. Okay, we're back. Uh, let's do some ratings and recommendations. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I'll start us out. Um. In terms of ratings, I thought this was a pretty good read. I'm going to go with a very nice. Nice. Kept me on my toes. Had a nice plot twist. Yeah, you definitely had like, I've never seen you read a book and like react that hard to the twist. (laughs) And she was like, oh, shit. (laughs) Like, it was pretty funny. I mean, I probably should have seen it coming, Mm. but yeah, I didn't. Um, And then let's see. My masterpiece scene was the moment I gasped when I found out this whole time <laughs> yeah. that like really Theo was the stalker. Yeah. And like the stalker was, you know, existed. And my MVP is I'm going Alicia. Yeah. I truly feel for her. Like, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, she was like the true hero in the story. Yeah. It sounds like it. Um, And then recommendations. So supposedly there's a movie coming out. Keep your eyes out for it. Oh, cool. Um, books that are similar vibe in terms of like thriller, um, the couple next door, the woman in the window are both good reads. Um, the girl on the train is another one of those good stories. Mm. Um, so any of those books are similar feels. Nice. How about you? Uh, yeah. So I was going to give it a nice, but I think I'm going to go very nice because it's like sticking with me for longer in Mm -hmm. the day. And I'm like, uh, you know what? The acting was really good. Like, I love Aubrey Plaza, but she plays, like, similar characters a lot. Yeah. She's just, like, mean and cold, <laughs> kind of. So, I feel like that's her, like, typical character. Yeah. So there was uh, the one scene, which was the masterpiece scene of mine, is her date with um, Dan when they're in the restaurant talking about their childhoods and stuff. 
it was like the first time you could tell the character Ingrid was like open for like a second. And you could legit see that in her acting where she like warmed up a little bit. Yeah. And it was like a different person. Aww. So I thought that was kind of cool. And then uh, <laughs> my MVP, though, is going to be Dan. <laughs> it's like all the- I know. It sounded like you liked him. Oh, yeah. He was hysterical. Everything he said was like, <laughs> you know. I like related because I'm like, oh, Batman, you know, right, right. (laughs) Comics. I know that. Um, But everybody in the movie was great. Like uh, people don't give uh, Elizabeth Olsen enough credit for her range, you know, especially just from watching WandaVision where like she has to act all different Mm. decades of. uh, Seriously. (laughs) You forget that like she could also do like the hardcore like accent in, um, you know, the other Avengers movies and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, recommendations, I would say if you're into dark comedy kind of movies, you'd like any of the Coen Brothers movies like, you know, Big Lebowski or Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? It was kind of the same-ish. Mm. But uh, also the, I don't want to call this a stalker classic, but the movie Single White Female, which is kind of, um, I guess what this movie is a little bit based off of. And they make a reference to that in the movie. Oh, They're really? Like, yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Nice. Yeah, and uh, we want to thank everybody for listening to us this week. We appreciate it. I know it's a little bit of a longer episode, but um, on the polls we did on Instagram, people said that they dug the longer episode. So hey, there yeah, you go. Yeah, a little I bit extra we'll for you this week. We'll just do a little bit of mix. Like last episode was short. Yeah, this we got a little carried longer. away. Well, you know <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, if you like what you heard, please go check out our back catalog of episodes in the archive. I just recently found out that like only I don't know. I think it was like. 20% of podcasts make it past episode 20. So episode Ooh, 22 right now. Look so at there us. we go. So we appreciate all the support and uh, everybody coming back to listen. It's been, um, it's been really good uh, doing this for you guys. We appreciate it. Yeah, we're having fun. Yeah. But uh, anyway, if you wanted to listen to those episodes in the archive, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, iHeartRadio, and Symbolcast. And if you want to look for us at social media, uh, you could look for us on Instagram and Twitter as Parallel Fiction, a uh, Parallel Fiction podcast on Facebook, and our old-fashioned email, <laughs> ParallelFictionPod at gmail.com. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, have a good week, guys. Have a nice week.